Welcome and good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on the lawn. Thanks for being here, sitting out front. It is gorgeous today uh, as we are closing out November and getting ready for December. Man, it is so good to be doing church with you together. One thing that I absolutely love about our church is that not only do we meet in person and have a community here, but we also have communities meeting elsewhere. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're watching the message just by yourself, alone, right here, right now, I really want to encourage you, link up with other people and, and watch it together. If, if it's in your house, outside your house, Starbucks, wherever you feel comfortable with your community, I want to encourage you to start doing that and do life together, really do discipleship. And so in doing that, um, I'm, I'm excited because that's, that's the whole vision of this church. Patty, what, what other announcements uh, do we have? We have, well, we have our communion night. It's always the first Wednesday of every month. So make sure you mark your calendars for that because it'll come sooner than you think it will. And that's next week and it's Christmas themed. This is going to be the oh, Christmas, Christmas communion together. So we're going to be celebrating baby Jesus. Sweet <laughs> baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> so wear your Santa hats, right? Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So wear your Santa hats, some jingly bells, uh, whatever, you know, <laughs> it'll be fun. It's just, you know, whatever makes it more exciting. No, not that communion isn't exciting. That sounded awful. Never. Let me just stop right there. Communion next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Send us an email if you need the link, uh, info at lighthouse805.com, and we will get all that information out to you so that you can join us and we can just have that um, intimate time together, just taking communion together um, as, a, as a family, as a church family. And then, let's see, ladies, we have another paint night coming up. That'll be December 11th at 7 p.m. It's a Friday night, so make sure you mark your calendars for that. Uh, start prepping with paper or canvas. Um, we're going to try some watercolors maybe this time. So if you don't have watercolors and you have acrylics, that's fine. I can show you how to use them as watercolors. And if you have markers, that's fine too. We will make it work. So no worries on that. We just want to see your creative beautiful self um, and just joining with us as we paint together and have a good time. Um, also, another announcement we have is Zoom with the pastor. That's just kind of what we're calling it, Zoom with the pastor. If, if, you're, if you just want someone to talk to, pray with, just be here for your mental, emotional, or spiritual health, like we want to we be that for you. Um, we would absolutely love to spend time on a video call wherever you're at. If you're in Ventura or somewhere else in the United States, different time zone, let's do it. Let's let's hang out on Zoom together. Um, and then, Patty, can you pray for offering? Absolutely. If you're here, you know we have our offering box on the double doors over here. And you can always slide your uh, tithe and offering envelope in there, and we'll take care of that. And if you are watching from home, you can go to our uh, giving page at Lighthouse. It lighthouse805.com. Go to the giving page and you can fill out all that information there. Um, and so would you all just join me wherever you're at this morning in prayer over that. Lord, we thank you, God, because in the midst of what 2020 has been, you have been faithful. Above all else, you have been faithful. And so we thank you that even when times are hard, uh, we know we can rely on you, Lord, and that your um, provision is going to be the absolute perfect thing that we need in that moment. So we thank you for that faithfulness, Lord, and we pray that you would uh, pour out your blessings over everyone today, Lord, that as we give with cheerful hearts and obedient hearts, um, we do it knowing that you've, you've got us taken care of, Lord, 
through and through. And so we thank you for that, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move this morning, Lord. We pray that we would be welcomed into your presence as we come before you with um, open hearts and open ears, with minds that are ready to soak up everything that you have for us, Lord. And as you speak to us, would we be so ready to listen? And would you speak through Pastor Matt as he gives your word forth, Lord? Um, And would we be just ready to receive in jesus name amen amen in in college one of my absolute favorite things to hear from a teacher say so a first day of class if you know if you've been to college or it's been a while first day of class is typically they give you a syllabus they give you assignments and then they start going into schedules and things that are due and and all that and then at some point they'll either say or not say one thing your, your final grade will also include participation points and group projects. Like that was, if I heard those words, if I heard participation points and group projects would re- be reflected in your final grade, I knew that I was going to get an A in that class. Guaranteed. I was so excited for that. And we're such opposites because I heard that and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate group projects. And I hated participating in class because it's so shy and quiet. Oh, those were, that was like, that's where I just earned all of my great, like my GPA was definitely higher because of participation and crew projects. Guaranteed. Like it, every time they were like, you know, we're going to have a presentation. I'm like, I'm getting an A in this class right here. And, and I was thinking about that in the kingdom of God, particip- participation points and group projects are they're actually counted in heaven. Not necessarily as a grade on your believer ability, but they're actually counted as souls, right? Our ability to participate in the kingdom of God at hand right now on earth is counted as souls. Our group project is actually not necessarily, I I wouldn't go as far to say as it's like churches, right? But our group projects are more about coming together in unity uh, in a mission and vision that a church has. I'm not going to say that it's a building. That's not the group project. It's the mission and vision of the people within that community. And so uh, today, I really want us to, to look at this topic, faith blocks. One thing that faith blocks in the sense of not building blocks but faith blocks us in obstacles or roadblocks, if you will. Something that the Holy Spirit was putting on, on, on our hearts was um, spiritual blockage. Spiritual blocks that were really preventing us from fully changing our city. Like little things that kind of added up to where we hit this roadblock and we're like, oh man, I, I just, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what's going to happen. So what I want you to think about is when, when tough situations happen, when obstacles happen, when roadblocks happen, when, when in your relationship, in your marriage, when a tough conversation happens, what's your personality? Are you the type of person where you just get really angry all of a sudden? Or are you the person who shuts down and just gets really quiet? Are you the person that like walks away and pouts? I mean, that's me a little bit. <laughs> well, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. You know, what's, what, what do you do when, when it feels like 
there's an obstacle or a block or a, a tough moment happens. Like what is, what's a faith block that occurs? What's something that you're moving forward in, in the vision that God has in, in our lives collectively in this community and there's an obstacle in front of you? And however you deal with obstacles physically in your life or in relationships is typically paralleling what you do spiritually to obstacles. So in a relationship, in your marriage, if, if your spouse says something and, and it hurts you and you shut down, typically if you have a faith block where God asks you to do something hard, you might shut down also and just avoid it. Or, or in your relationship, you get really angry. And so in a church, if you have something that kind of comes against your grain where it pushes you to go further in your faith, you might get angry and you might lash out and, and turn to saying something mean or doing something or whatever. Turn to gossip or just leave. And, and so it's, it's pertinent that we understand that how we deal with obstacles in life parallels how we deal with obstacles spiritually. And so I, I wanted to walk through this journey that God has given me through scriptures. Uh, specifically in the sermon series that we're in, we're looking at Capernaum. Right, in, in Change, Your, Change Your City, this sermon series, it's all scriptures on Capernaum, about Capernaum, roads around Capernaum. If it just says Capernaum, we're looking at everything in the Bible that has to do with Capernaum and looking at how do we change our city. So uh, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17, and, and we're going to jump around a little bit today. But Matthew chapter 17 is, is our, our base scripture. So Matthew 17, verse 24, this is kind of a obscure verse that I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I have, I can't say definitively I've never preached on the scripture before, but I would say it's very likely that I have not. So Matthew chapter 24, 17, 17 verse 24, thank you. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or do the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, I, I, would, I imagine that Peter at that moment was like, yes, Jesus, he's going to come in here and he's going to be the king and he's going to grab a sword and he's going to take care of business because we are tired of being oppressed. And then Jesus says, however, we don't want to offend them. And I, I imagine, I don't know if this happened, but I just imagine when I read it, Peter being like the aggressor, being like, yes, to like Jesus, is gonna, he's going to be the warrior. And Jesus says, well, we don't want to offend them. And Peter's like, it's not, it's not the answer I wanted, Jesus. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. This, this verse just always was kind of weird to me. I don't know. There's a few verses out there that just sit in the back of my mind of, that was kind of bizarre, Jesus. Like, if, if everything you could include in your word, this? Like, paying a temple tax by catching a fish. Like, it's just, it's kind of quirky. 
And then, and then you do the research in the Greek, and you learn that this fish, the word used here, was ichthys. It's actually representing and embodying this fish, and and over time, this word becomes a, a symbol. So in the early church, I was doing research and theologians were saying that they were so heavily persecuted, not in this verse, but in this time period and later on, they would get so heavily persecuted that they started using a fish symbol. So ichthys is the fish symbol and each letter spelled out is Jesus Christ, God's son, the savior. And so this fish symbol, just super simple like that, they would start carving it on door frames above the house saying, we're, we're in this together. And so you knew that if you could find a door frame, that was a community of a, a believer that loved Jesus and accepted Jesus. This household was free of persecution and, and turning in names to be persecuted. It became the symbol of Jesus Christ's community and love and, and what was provided and it just, it, it blows my mind that this fish symbol, so not only did it surface in the early church, it, it resurfaced in the 1960s too. And that's why there's, there's bumper stickers and emblems of fishes on cars. And, and I, I, I want to sidetrack for just a moment. If you have a fish symbol on your car, drive normally. Don't cut people <laughs> off. That doesn't, that doesn't help anyone for the cause, right? <laughs> if you are starting road rage, like... If you're, if you're going to represent Jesus, represent him well, right? So it, it's crazy. It was the symbol of Jesus is God and Savior. And, and not only that, this, this fish, it was actually the symbol and what was used for some of Jesus' miracles as he was walking around. And I think that's, that's what drew my attention for this, and this is what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about of when we have faith blocks and obstacles to look at, look at, track these fish, if you will, through Capernaum and through the Bible and identify how to break down faith blocks. That's what our message is today. We're looking at several fish in the Bible and how to overcome faith blocks. So if you will, the first faith block is this faith block of not enough, not enough. So with the, the, the fish that Jesus says, go catch a fish, get a coin, it was this idea of they didn't have enough to pay the tax right there. I'm sure that they could have scrounged some money together, but this was an instance of miraculous of Jesus providing for not enough. And so I, I want to say this, believers can fail to act in the kingdom of God when they feel like not enough. When they when they feel like they're not enough as a person or they don't have enough to offer, or they feel like they're not good enough, they will fail to act. It's like, well, God, I don't know if I can go on mission. I don't know if I can step forward in this vision. I don't know if I can, if I can do what you're asking me to do because I don't think I'm enough. Another is that the spirit of not enough really hits people differently. So, They feel like they're not enough, so they fail to even try. They feel like they don't have enough resources or finances 
or understanding so they don't try. Please, please catch all. I feel like everyone can fall into one of these things that they don't have enough resources. It's like, oh, I, you know what? Someday when, when we have a $20 billion church facility, we'll be able to do this. Guys like, no, 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 <laughs> you start now. I've given you all that you need. Oh, we don't have enough money to do that. No, you, you start now. Start. Or understanding. This is like the, the subtle one. That we don't have enough understanding. Well, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing fully yet. So I'm going to wait. How long are you going to wait? God, God's calling you to start now. It doesn't matter if you just have a portion of the understanding. You just go out and do it. Patty, Patty and I, this is kind of like our, I don't know if contention is the right word. That might be the wrong word here. But it's like, it's, Patty's like, okay, well, just breaking it down. This is how we are in most of our life. But puzzles specifically, like we, we kind of can't do puzzles together very well. So we'll do our own puzzles. But when a puzzle gets turned down the table, I'm just like, all right, let's, uh, ooh, here's an orange piece and an orange piece. Oh, here's another. And Patty's like, that's madness. What are you doing? We need to get the edges and then we need to sort and then we need to, and I'm like, I'm just starting to do it. This is a puzzle. We just put it together. We'll get to it eventually. And I think that we need to understand that in our, in our faith blocks, you know, sometimes we won't step forward because we don't have a clear picture of where we're walking yet. Don't allow that to be the case. If Jesus gives you a step, you take the step. You don't say, well, Jesus, I need to get, I need to get all 5,624 steps and know where they're all going first before I take the first step. And Jesus is like, uh, I'm not giving you that all. I'm giving you the first one. And we just need to go after it. Um, I can't remember this quote. So if, if you know it, let me know. But 100% of the shots you don't take, you miss. Wait, is that, that's a Gret, that's Gretzky's quote, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. It, it popped into my mind while I was writing. It was, I know, okay, I just got where I got it. It's 100% of the shots you don't take, you miss. Uh, Gretzky, Michael Scott. I was about to say, <laughs> I, you got I, that I from the office. I just realized where I got it from. <laughs> Thanks, the office. Okay. Look at, look at this, verse, verse 26. They tax the people they, they have conquered. Peter replied, well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay tax for both of us. Who is Jesus talking to? Peter. What was Peter's profession? He was a fisherman. I think it's interesting here. Because there's uh, the main story and then an undertone of a story. And Jesus asked Peter, who is a fisherman, to go fish because his skill and Jesus will provide what's needed. I, 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 I really think that if it was a different disciple who said it, 
Maybe if it was Matthew who said it, Jesus would have said, you have plenty of leftover from you collecting taxes. I, I want to say it wasn't the fish necessarily. It was the skill of the person asking. In order to move past the faith block of not enough, we go to Jesus first in what we lack. The first thing that happened was Peter walked in and talked with Jesus. You go to Jesus first. If you feel like you are not enough, like I'm not good enough to do what Jesus is calling me to do, we go to Jesus first. If it's, I don't have enough resources, I don't have enough finances, I don't, I don't have enough understanding of the steps I'm supposed to be taking, go to Jesus first. It applies to every single person. And then the second thing is, Jesus will speak to you in action. Jesus will, will, will start speaking, but he's not just going to speak so that you walk away and go, oh man, Jesus is so good. Well, I'm going back to what I was doing before. If we go to Jesus because we're lacking something, Jesus will give us actionable steps in order to move forward. So, go to Jesus for what we lack, and then Jesus will speak to us in action. And then the last piece is, and it will be personal. It will be personal. It'll be something hard or tough or very personal. If we go to Jesus and say, I'm not good enough, Jesus will confront us with why we're not good enough so we can take the action steps to get over that a lot of times it's a painful memory or something that happened when we were kids or youth or whatever. They were stuffing down. And because of that, that stemmed an entire life journey of why we're not good enough. And Jesus is like, you are good enough. Now go and deal with this. You are good enough. When we approach Jesus of, of the obstacle of not enough, he makes it personal. And it's hard. But Jesus is testing and stretching you so that you stop focusing on what's missing and start focusing on what Jesus has provided. Right? It's not what Jesus is going to provide. It's what Jesus has provided. Because he's given us what we need. And as we take this small faith step, we take that and go from there. I mean, remember the talents that Jesus the parable about the talents, what he has given and what you do with it. It's not saying, Jesus, you know what? You gave me five talents. Why don't you just give me 10 to start with and then I can have 10 talents. Just that's, that's so much better. You know, that's, we got to start with what he's given us. All right, the next faith block is faith block of doubt. Faith block of doubt. Do you doubt Jesus is speaking to you? Do you doubt he has chosen you to participate in the growth of his kingdom? I think a, a lot of people just do not fully understand that Jesus is speaking to them. And so they shut down. And it's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep showing up to church. Like, you know, I, I hear the pastor say Jesus speaks. So I guess I just have to listen to that. And... I, he's not speaking to me. I, I have doubt that Jesus is speaking. They, people fail to comprehend what Jesus is speaking because they fail to go deeper in listening. 
if you're if you're failing to comprehend what Jesus is speaking, it's because you're failing to go deeper in listening. I was I was reflecting on uh, the message from last Sunday with um, Peter's mother-in-law, where she was touched by Jesus, and then she immediately jumped into her skill to change the kingdom of God. Right, because she started prepping food, everyone stuck around, ate, Jesus stayed there longer, and then Monday came around and people brought the sick and they were healed. All these people were touched by Jesus because she decided to immediately act after she was touched by Jesus. Last Sunday, we were all touched by the message and heard Jesus, but did we understand it? Or just say, I don't I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, my skill, am I supposed to do what Peter's mother-in-law did and I'm just supposed to do this? Or well, I don't know what my skill is. Uh, it doesn't make, uh, I'll just wait till next week. And when we, we can fail to act because we fail to listen. So if you fell in the boat of failing to act, I, I want to encourage you, spend more time listening. The spiritual blockage of doubt prevents movement in the kingdom of God. So Luke chapter 24, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up Luke 24. Uh, I want to look at the next uh, fish, if you will. And I love how, how God was speaking about different instances of fish in overcoming faith block, faith blocks. So Luke chapter 24, verse 41. This is the moment where Jesus has, has died on the cross, resurrected, and disciples are sitting in a room, and Jesus just shows up. And uh, this is just such a funny, awesome verse. Verse 41. Still, they stood there in disbelief. This is the disciples resurrected Jesus, filled with joy and wonder. Then he, Jesus, asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that anything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The spiritual blockage of doubt is broken through what you give to Jesus. Spiritual blockage of doubt. I think it's interesting because look at it. They stood there in disbelief. Like there was doubt going on, but they're still filled with joy and wonder. And I think that's, I think we can, if, if we're willing to be vulnerable and admit, as believers in church, we've had that. There might be a little bit of disbelief of like, oh, you know, is this real? Is this, you know, we can go back and forth. But we still have joy and wonder. So they're sitting here. And then Jesus says, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. The spiritual spiritual blockage of doubt is broken through what we give to Jesus. 
So just think about this. Have you got anything to eat? Have you got anything to eat? So put yourself in the disciples' shoes. So Jesus already gave the Great Commission. He already rose from the grave. And the crazy thing is, we are in the exact shoes as the disciples' timeline, right? It's not pre-Jesus dying on the cross. This is post-Jesus dying on the cross. We're in the same shoes here as these disciples. And they have this, like, doubt. And he says, do you, Jesus is asking, do you have anything for me? Do you have anything? How, we, how do we break doubt? Jesus, Jesus answers it right here. Do you have anything for me? When you have doubt, Jesus wants you to give something over. So the fish represented time, energy, and skill. It's like literally what the fish was because they had to take the time to go catch a fish. They had to have the skill to catch a fish. And they had to use energy to go get it. So when we go before Jesus and we're filled with doubt, what does he want from us? Our time, our energy, and our skill to lay at his feet saying, Jesus, I'm giving my time here to listen to you and just being quiet. I'm using my energy to go out of my way to, to study your word, to, to look into commentaries, to call up and to go to church, to, to get more. I'm using my energy and I want to take what the word of God is and infuse it into my skill so the kingdom of God is changed. Jesus is saying, I, I need you to give that to me. I need your time, your energy. When you give this and hand it at my feet, your doubt starts to go away. Did you catch, did you catch verse 45? They had to give him this. They had to lay this at the feet of Jesus. And then verse 45 says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. If you read your Bible and you don't understand it, I, I, I question if you spent enough time and energy. I want to encourage you also, we got a Bible study on Thursday nights, unless it's a holiday Thursday. <laughs> Get into the Bible study so you can understand how to start studying the Bible. That's where doubt starts to fall away is when we have Jesus speaking to us. In prayer and reading the word, laying our time, our energy, and skill at the feet of Jesus opens up verse 45. Then he opened their minds. So I want to I jump into doing life together for a moment so uh, as we do life together, I want to encourage you, if you're on campus here, I want you to talk to someone near you and, and do this. If you're, if you're at your house and you have people near you and you do life together, this is where the discipleship happens. If you're just by yourself alone, I want to encourage you, jump into the comments on the video right now. Get, get a comment going as fast as you can. We're going to have a moment where we're going to have Pastor Pat's going to be talking with you and reading your comments. So we, we need you to, to respond in there and share. So doing life together is this. What does Luke 24, 41 through 45 mean to you? When Jesus showed up and, and says, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him this. 
What are you going to do different this week than prior weeks? How are, how are you going to put your time, your energy, and your skill at the feet of Jesus? Like, what does that look like to you? And then this is, this is the doing life together that I want it to last more than just today. It's be accountable to each other. If someone says something to you, get their number, get their social media, whatever it is, and check back on them. So if they say, you know what, this week I'm going to do this, be like, <laughs> I'm going to message you. <laughs> you know, be accountable to someone. Let's, let's, let's take it a step further. You know, see how they're doing in it. So with that, let's do life together and go ahead and walk around and, and you know, let's start dialoguing this out. Good morning, church. So good to see everyone in the comments. Uh, I think I saw... Um, Nathan, uh, Jack, Janelle in there. Um, so type out your questions and I'll go ahead and read them through. Um, but I do want to go over the scripture one more time and, and the doing life together question. So the verse was Luke 24, uh, 41 through 45. It says, still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of uh, broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that uh, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds and uh, he opened their, their minds to understanding, understand the scriptures. So the question was, what does Luke 24, 41 through 45 mean to you? What are you doing? Uh, what are you going to do this week that is different than prior weeks? How are you going to put your time, your energy, your skill uh, at the feet of Jesus? Uh, be accountable to each other. If someone says something, uh, get their number and check in. So uh, actually, whenever I get asked like a really good question, I always just really think about it. And, uh, it usually takes me a while to answer back. So I understand those that don't answer right away. But, um, for me, um, something that really, uh, kind of stuck out is, uh, how often am I, um, really like asking my friends and family and, and reflecting on what skills and, uh, talents God's given me, like, what can I, um, just lay at the feet of Jesus and, and give. It doesn't have to be some crazy uh, thing. It, it could be something so small. Uh, and I think being reflective of that and, and really realizing that is so important. Um, and the last part of the question really hit me, be accountable to each other. Uh, if someone says uh, something, get their number and check in. I think that's so huge. Getting someone's uh, name, number, even if you're in the comments and you don't really know that person, I think it's super important just to uh, have that, remember it, and 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 look for it. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump in the comments and uh, see what you guys have put. Let me see. waiting on a couple let's see Patty says I need to give 
the Lord more of my time, energy, and my skill, not just the bare minimum to feel like I checked off a box. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, jump back uh, to Pastor Matt. And uh, it was so good seeing your comments and we love, uh, go ahead and post them afterwards and uh, we'll go ahead and share those. Thank you so much. We're gonna go ahead and jump back to Pastor Matt. Welcome back. The next faith block I wanna talk about is faith block of changing your city. Faith block of changing your city. So bottom line, changing your city is, it's not a sermon series. I know we're in a sermon series called Changing Your City. However, it's, it's a lifestyle that every believer is enrolled in the moment they call Jesus Lord. So the second that you call Jesus Lord, that's it. You're part of changing your city. And one thing I, I, I need to break down is, and I, I've said this so many messages, but it, it, it's worth repeating, is your city is not the name of your city. That's not what we're talking about here. Your city is not Ventura, it's not Oxnard, it's not, it's not a name of a city. It's your city. So for instance, my city, it's, it's people that love nerdy board games. My city is my coworkers. My city is my family. My city is all the towns within my city that I'm at. And those are the, those are the city that I need to change. Those are the cities that I need to bring the love of Jesus into. That's it. And so I want to encourage you that you are called to change your city. You are called to change the cities, the towns that you are a part of. So it's your coworkers, your family, your friends. It's, it's people that you have specific relationships with. That's your city. I love uh, one thing that uh, Nadine has shared before, and, and she shared it publicly, that her city that she feels called to is, is whenever she used to go into the hospital and if she would stay, stay overnight or something, she knew that she would be on mission from Jesus. She would see nurses, she would see doctors, she would see other patients around, and she's like, I'm here on purpose to reach them. And she, she would be able to give her testimony to, to doctors. And, and one of my favorites is, I think it was a doctor or nurse, I can't remember quite right now, but it's, She'd say that someone said to her once, you're still alive? And she's like, well, that's Jesus. You know, that's, that's, that's what God does. And I love that story. That's, that's her city and she's changing it. And we need to all kick over into these moments. All right, I, I want to read uh, one more scripture on, on fish. Actually, we, I think we have a couple more. But this is the story of when Jesus fed the 5,000. So verse, verse 15, that evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves, right? It's, it's super logical that disciples would see and there's, you know, thousands sitting around and Jesus goes, and they're like telling Jesus, hey, they're hungry. Let's send them away. Let's do our own thing now. And Jesus is like, like almost triggered. Verse 16, but Jesus says, that isn't necessary. You feed them. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could just, I, like, I wish there was like photos or videos of this happening. Like, what were their face reactions like? Were they like, with what? <laughs> like, like how, how do they react to Jesus? 
But Jesus said, this isn't necessary. You feed them, verse 17. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. My Bible has an exclamation point. So I'm wondering if they yell back at Jesus. They answered, verse 18, bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. See, I I love reading this miracle and, and thinking about the application of today of change your city. See, if you, if you kick over the different people in this story, Jesus is still Jesus today, right? That's not a different metaphor. Jesus is not metaphor to someone else right now. Jesus is Jesus. But then the disciples is every believer, right? The disciples, I, I don't want to look at the disciples as like a pastor here. I want to look at the disciples as, as soon as we say I do to Jesus and say, he's my Lord and Savior, we're discipling, we're following Jesus. So in the story, disciples are believers and the crowd is represented as our different cities. The bread and the fish is what we have to offer. And I want to say that our skills, our time, our energy, who we are, it's not enough without Jesus. So it goes back to the first point is you might feel you're not enough and you're right. You are not enough without Jesus. You as a person, you as your skill, your time, your energy, everything that you have, it's not enough without Jesus. And it goes back into the point too of it's not enough. And we kind of doubt ourselves because we know internally and deep down, you're right, it's not enough without Jesus. And the disciples were in the same boat. They knew that it wasn't enough for this crowd and their, their, their crowd needed to leave and go do their own thing until Jesus said, it is enough. You are enough. You have enough. Because with me, it's complete. And that's the biggest takeaway that we can ever get from a five-year-old to whatever age if we know that everything is enough with Jesus, we're good. And, and I hope that's empowering and encouraging. We'll change our cities if we are willing to participate and be involved in the group project known as Vision. Just tying it back to that story. And your, your city is going to be changed. But you got to participate in that. You, you got to, just like college classes, you have to earn your participation points now. And, and you're, you're not graded on your believer life. Like Jesus is going to hand you a report card at the end of it and say, see, you know, that, that's not how it works. Right? It's more about seeing the souls in heaven and then having them run up and hug you and say, if, if, if you didn't do what you did, I wouldn't be here. That's the participation. And the group project, it's all about the vision of that church. It's that mission, that vision. It's saying together, we are going to be a group project 
to accomplish the mission and vision that God has placed on us. And I'm willing to look past, I might not understand it all right now, but I'm willing to move forward and I'm willing to jump into this group participation. Patty's biggest frustration was always that she would, what was it? So in group projects, I hated them because I I was the biggest nerd. Okay, I like learning and I like school and people knew that. (laughs) And so people always liked to partner with me because they knew that they could slack off and that I would do all the work. So in this group project of life, can we please not be the slackers? (laughs) Can we please not be the ones who say, well, they've got it that they're going to carry us all along. You know, I'm going to ride on their coattails. That's not, that's not how it works. That's not how Jesus works. You know, and you're telling the story, retelling the story of how Jesus feeds the 5,000. And it made me think of, we can always do this, this check in our lives. What is Jesus saying to me? What is he telling me to do? What do I have to give to him? And when do I need to do it? And I can give you the answer to the last one. <laughs> The answer to that one is now. You just do it. And, and it's funny because in feeding the 5,000, Jesus is saying, go feed them. Jesus could have done it. I, he could have done it himself, but that's not the point. It's a group project. He needed the disciples to put in some of that work, to put their faith to work and say, okay, they went about, the, you know, the boy with the fish and the loaves. And then Jesus asked, what do you have to give to me? Hmm. Lord, yeah. I have a couple of fish and some bread. <laughs> for 5,000 people plus. Um, And then Jesus does the rest. They went and they acted and Jesus took care of it. And that's the whole point is the Lord is using you. You are enough. You absolutely are. Do not for one minute believe the lies of the devil that no matter where you are in life right now, that you just don't have it all together yet. We never will. We're flawed people. We will never have it together. But you are enough today to do what God wants you to do for today. Don't worry about five years from now. Don't worry about tomorrow. God is calling you to act today. So do that and be encouraged and do it with a joyful heart knowing I cannot wait to see how God is going to feed the 5,000 through my meager fish and loaves because <laughs> um, it's going to be so good. And we have the privilege of being part in this group project with the Lord. And it is just, I've never been more excited for a group project than this, than, than life. So it, it'll be good. I promise you, God is good. Yeah. Wrapping up the message, I want to end on this verse, uh, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Would you let that just minister to you just today? That That idea of... He rewards those who diligently seek him. So next steps this week is diligently seek the Lord. Jesus will reward you with what you need to change your city. Maybe it's just encouragement. Maybe it's just empowerment. Maybe it's just excitement. Maybe it's just energy. I don't know how all those were E-words right now, but but he's going to reward you with what you need. Maybe it's just understanding. Maybe it's just the the ability to say, I'm going to take one step forward. But it all comes down is diligently seek him. The Bible specifically throws in the word diligently. It's not just who seeks him. Oh yeah, I I saw Jesus. I looked for him. It was great. Those five minutes were really good. 
No, diligently. That's the key word here. Diligently seek him. Jesus will reward you with what you need to change your city. And then uh, I'm, that's the next step of the church, but I'm just asking a personal favor. Would you hel- hold someone else accountable? So message someone. Uh, check in, see how they're doing in diligently seeking the Lord in the coming weeks. Like just contact someone. Just be like, hey, this is, I just want to see how you're doing. And I'm diligently seeking you, hoping that you're diligently seeking Jesus. I, I don't know. Check in with someone. You know, be the touch point that someone needs that's, that, you know, not waiting till next Sunday to see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do that. So let's, let's go ahead and, and jump into a time of worship. Let me go ahead and pray over the message. Lord, I pray that you would continue speaking to us this week, that we know that we are enough with you, that we have enough with you, that no roadblock in place will stop us or prevent us as long as we go to you and help. Lord, I I pray that we would be diligently seeking after you this week. And that not only that, we'd reach out to people that need those touch points, that need help, need encouragement, need the, the just reminder to move forward, God. Let's just cement this time in worship with you. In your mighty name, amen. So, so kind to 
had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a ruin to treasure. 
I've been given a hope and a future. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Let me go and trusting when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Surely every season you are good to me. Oh, you are good to me. Oh, you are good to me. You were there in the valley of shadows. You were there in the depth of my sorrows. You my strength. Beyond all measure, I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, letting go and trusting when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, surely every season you are good to me. Oh, you are good to me. goodness pursues me surely your heart is still for me now will remember your mercies all my days through every storm Every blessing, surely every season you are good to me. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Let me go and trusting when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Surely every season you are good to me. You are good. You're good. 
steps, just a reminder, be pursuing God. He is our friend. He's good. He's, he's everything. And I, f- I feel like the more we pursue him, the more that's obvious. Um, and my, the farther we are away from, the uh, harder it is to see it. And God says, if you seek, you will find. He's not hiding. He's just waiting for us to come after him. So Heavenly Father, guide us as we go forward this week and help us just be constantly pursuing you. God, so we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, be the echo of our days. In Jesus' name, amen.